Welcome to the Interviews Podcast. Welcome, Interisti, to episode 64 of the Interviews podcast. We are here for the post-match reaction of Inter Napoli in the Supercoppa final in Riyadh in Saudi Arabia, uh, which Inter takes home 1-0, courtesy of a goal from Lautaro Martinez in the 91st minute. Guys, it's been a long time since we've been with you. We uh, we missed the last two matches. Um I've been pretty sick. I got COVID. Uh, Faking sick. <laughs> been pretty sick. Got COVID. Then uh, lost my voice. Uh, had bronchitis. Still working on getting my smell back. But um, we are here and we are back. And it feels really good to be back with you guys. Uh, a lot's happened since uh, you know since we last got together with you on January sixth. It's now January twenty second. Um, and like I said, there's two games that took place in the meantime. Inter won both of those. There was a 5-1 win at, uh, at Monza. And last we spoke, this was coming off of the, the Hellas game, um, which was a tough showing for Inter. And, and the team definitely righted the ship in these last three games. Um, like I said, a 5-1 smacking of, uh, of Monza, where they played brilliant football in Serie A before heading out to Riyadh where they absolutely trounced Lazio 3-0, playing arguably what was our best game of the season, uh, leading into leading into this game, the Supercoppa. And we are now champions for the third straight year. Uh, and we're going to go ahead and, and break it all down and get into it with you guys. As always, I'm one half of your co-hosting duo, uh, Alessandro Rafa, joined here by Johnny Paterno. And Johnny, um, these last three games... Like I said, 5-1 Monza, 3-0 Lazio, and the 1-0 victory um, over uh, over Napoli today. How are you feeling about about the squad after, you know, some tough results or at least, you know, dropping points against Genoa and not looking great against Verona and now the team looks like they're, they're back up and running full speed. How are you feeling about Inter in general since it's been a, a couple weeks since we've been able to check in, check in with the listeners here? First off, let me just say, I miss doing this. And I'm very upset with Nick Diani, mm. who was unavailable twice to fill in, wow. blaming some silly Florida Panthers hockey game both nights. Buddy, Terrible. listen. Sunrise, Florida is not a hockey city, so stop pretending like you had something to do. Second, Nima, we're fighting. Oh, no. Because not only did you bail twice... But then the second time you made pretend, no, sorry, you didn't make pretend. You were said you were too drunk and you were afraid you were going to get canceled. <laughs> well, guess what, man? You got to be willing to risk cancellation to be wow. able to talk about Inter. Um, and then, Joe, I know you're going to listen to this too. Twice, you couldn't come on. Damn. So we're, we're, uh, we're, we're, having some, we're having some words, okay? Feelings have been hurt. Friendships may be ending. Oh man! Uh, but no, in all, all seriousness, man, it is great to be back. I've been itching to get on this. I worked a full day today, and all I could think about was just getting home to be able to talk about these games. And man, 
Uh, yeah, the Monza game, I was really upset what he couldn't talk about because I was so pumped about that win, um, especially when I thought that was going to be a tough one. I, I hyped up Paladino in his play style. The game against Lazio, I mean, my goodness. I'm, I felt like I was really watching a team that could have beaten easily Pep's Barcelona squad. Like, I'm, I'm not even kidding. Like, the... the the way we were moving, the, the passing, the finishing was what was lacking. Uh, but everything just looked so easy for us. The counterattacking, the way we were able to absorb pressure and then put it right back onto them. I mean, it, it was it was incredible stuff. Loved it. And now today, you know, in in typical Pazza fashion, that late winner, mm. to get another trophy... Uh, a three-peat, a hat-trick, whatever you want to call it. I mean, we, really, they wasted our time by having to play a semifinal because we inevitably we ended up playing the team that we would have played in a regular, you know, one-off match for the Supercopa, and then we beat them. So, yeah. Yeah, a couple things here. Uh, first, got to say about Nick, uh, you went from being our, you know, Goran Pandev off the bench, just all reliable <laughs> anytime <laughs> we needed you, to you're now our Gallardini, okay? You, you just, you don't deliver, apparently. I'm, I might I might change his number in my phone to Nicky Gags. I wow. might just have to do that. Which is big, because uh, every time <laughs> he's come on, we've really talked up how much he means to this pod and and now obviously fortunes have changed but uh yeah i i echo everything johnny said in terms of you know getting back on with you guys and it feels like those the, the victories specifically talking about monza and lazio and we're not going to you know break down both of those games fully here today we're going to focus on this uh, supercoppa win but it feels like um both of those games were necessary for the narrative around this team it, it's we've talked about this before it's obvious that this is a, a stellar team that's doing stellar things but the reality of the situation is that juventus is right on our heels and it feels like in the media they want <laughs> they want this they want juve to overtake us and the the narrative has been so much on you know whether or not we're getting away with stuff which is just patently not the case um and i really i really was was happy about the monza and lazio wins because it was just very plain to see that on the pitch this is a this is a a, a team that is something special on its day can be really something special you spoke about you know pep's barcelona that was uh, i think bonetti brought that up on paramount um comparing the teams which led to an interesting discussion on on calcio twitter but um, yeah, it was really good to see the team firing on all c- cylinders. But today, today was a little different. Um, not a bad performance by any means, but you know, it wasn't as fluid as the previous two games. And I really, I'll give credit to to Napoli and Mazzari going back to his you know three at the back. Um, tried and true tested formations that he's he's had with teams in the past not that you know he's always been a manager that's been able to shut everyone down with this formation but they did their part in terms of um, closing down spaces but also I, I do think that there's a level of fatigue um, I mean we played on what was it Friday or Thursday and then having to play again on the mon- Monday um, you know you're away from home you're in a foreign country there there definitely is a level of, of fatigue and I know 
from what? Why, why do well, you know? Do you think? Uh, and listen, maybe it's just me thinking that we are uh, they're out to get us. But we had one more or one less day of rest than Napoli. Mm-hmm. Why didn't they play both semifinal matches on the same day? I don't know, and it's also interesting. Like looking at those semifinal matches, there was also a conversation about you know ticket sales and. You know, Napoli Fiorentina didn't necessarily do as well as Inter Lazio did in terms of the ticket sales, but it does feel like you could have, you could have maybe thrown those on the same day, different venues. But again, I, I don't really know the Saudi uh, venues, and I would imagine they poured a lot of money into them and would be able to sort of pack them out. But that's a conversation uh, for a different day and one that I'm not as educated enough to speak about. But we're, what we are educated to speak about is, you know, this Inter team and and what we've been able to see um, these past few matches. I think as far as today is concerned, the level of play, what is it more for you a factor of, you know, us not looking at our best? Is it a matter of, of uh, lack of rest and, you know, just being just having tired legs? Or do you think, um, you know, Napoli just sort of had had us figured out there for a little bit. We were still creating chances, but obviously we lacked a little bit of uh, incisiveness there. Yeah, no, I mean, to me, it's got to be fatigue more so than anything. You know, you're having your main guys play in basically 72 hours. It's kind of hard. I mean, I know that's, that, that is common, you know, especially when you have league games, you have champions league, but like you said, I mean, it was a it was a long travel, long journey to play a day later or sorry, a day, have a day less of rest than the Napoli and having to go into this and and expect us to be, you know, guns blazing, I think was a bit unfair. If anyone had that, I mean, honestly, I didn't really pay attention to Twitter much today, so I don't know uh, if people were complaining or, or whatnot, but. Uh, to me, I, I, you know, from from what I saw and when I was able to uh, to watch, you know, it, it 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 felt more like it was fatigue more so than anything. I don't think Napoli really had anything figured out. I do think their formation change maybe was a, a bit of a difference for us in 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 how we went about you know attacking the game. But I don't think that it played into quote unquote a poor performance. Not that it was a poor one, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, not as good as the, as the game against Lazio. Yeah, I definitely think when the opposition mirrors us in terms of the formation, like some sort of variation of a, a three-five-two, it just like man for man, the spacing is different as opposed to like playing a four-three-three. And I, I tweeted it out like I think we kill, we kill four-three-three. Um, that that's not a a formation that really troubles us. But when you match man for man, obviously the spaces are going to be are going to be different. Um, and there's there, there's a good amount to talk about for this game. As far as the first half is concerned, oh, before we get into that, coming into this game, the lineup there was a change to it. Uh, Bastoni apparently dealing with some uh, some muscle fatigue or you know some sort of uh, <clears throat> muscle injury that you know they're not talking it up as something that's going to be um, you know having him on the sidelines for too long, but obviously of concern and we have a back three of uh Pavard, Devrai, Acerbi, which I actually think might be our strongest back three from a defensive um standpoint coming into this game. The other team news is that Don't Freeze is still still working on 
getting over this injury that he had uh, recently. And Darmian was, is back in the team at right wing back. Definitely, definitely starting to get a little bit concerned about the offensive output out of uh, the right wing back position when, when don't freeze is not in there and we still haven't been able to see, see Tejon make his debut. Um, I I'm very iffy on what Darmian is giving us going forward. It's almost seems like that entire right side of the pitch. There's nothing for us unless Pavard is, is getting forward. Are you at all concerned at this point with, with that right wing back position, knowing that, you know, we didn't even see a minute of don't freeze today. You know, it's kind of hard to to really say if I'm concerned. And I only say that because I think that once we do start seeing the Maple Micon make a few appearances, mm. I think that we'll be, uh, we'll be very settled um, at that position. You know, I, I think we know what we can expect with Darmian in terms of defensive work rate and, and being able to, to defend his man and, and really not let even if he does let someone get past him, he's able to recover in a good way. You know, he's very good. At, his speed isn't there, but being able to kind of measure his angles and, and time his tackles, he is one of the best, in my opinion. So I think if we can get Tejan in there integrated, I, I'm I, I'm sure Inzaghi wants to take it easy on him to be able to to feel comfortable, get used to the pace and, and play of Serie A and, and not just feed him to the wolves and, and, and you know, hope that he could swim. Well, I used two different analogies in one right there. That just, but yeah, feed someone of the wolves and then see if they could swim. See if they could swim. Try, try, try using that one in your day to day life. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, no, I think I think with with Tejan, it's going to be a definite definite spark off the bench. You know, he might even have the same type of impact. And you know, I'm going to go ahead and, and give a shout out to somebody who I'm not the biggest fan of, but. He does have impact off the bench, uh, Fratesi. You know, he can come in and probably have that type of impact offensively that, you know, maybe if we're, we're chasing a goal and we need someone to be able to come in and, and contribute, I think that he would be able to be that guy. So I wouldn't say I'm concerned. Yeah. Running a tired Yeah, legs. I wouldn't say I'm concerned. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. Um, wouldn't say I'm concerned uh, about the right wing back position. But I think it's it, it's just something worth obviously keeping an eye on for sure. These are these are a lot of minutes on Darmian's legs, and obviously with Tejan, it's going to be hard to expect Inzaghi to give minutes to a new player like that in a in a cup final. Um, which Inzaghi is now the winningest manager in the the competition's history with five Supercoppa wins. Uh, again, three in a row for Inter. So. Um, he's won it every time uh, he's played in it in, in, uh, in the Inter, uh, during his Inter tenure. So um, all really good things. I, you know, I know it took us till the 91st minute to get it over the line. And obviously we played against a team of 10 for an hour, but it's not like we didn't create chances. There were plenty of opportunities that should have been put away. Namely, Turam and Lautaro had to put some some chances away that they got. Um, Mikitarian and even blazed one over the bar that I think he could have done better with. So uh, even Arnatovic had a had a good good shout on um, you know towards the edge of the box there. So getting into this game a little bit, uh, first half, like we were all over them, right? Um, again, it wasn't as clean as what we saw against Lazio, but Di Marco fizzes a shot wide. Mikitarian puts one over the bar. Um, 
you know, Lothado gets on the end of a, a Chalanoglu delivery and, and, you know, puts it wide of the post. Uh, we do have a goal that is disallowed for Turam off- offside. DiMarco slides it through for him. Turam r- runs it across and uh, Lautaro taps it in, but no goal. He's He was well offside, so no no controversy there. Um, Turam also... I didn't see it. <laughs> it was it was absolutely... It was very offside. They, they, they got that right. Um, if it was Marota League, though... I think he was on. So right, right. Uh, Marotta League is is in shambles. The the people shouting that uh, recently, especially given what we've seen from some of the other matches. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, we saw Turam dribble Golini and and not be able to to finish, and it, it ended goalless that first half. Um, but what did happen in the second half? We have to talk about some of these refereeing decisions. Um. Chalanoglu, we, we knew, was going to be missing the Fiorentina match. Fiorentina is sitting in fourth place for, you know, everyone that didn't realize that as much as we, you know, we we pounded them 4-0 the, the first time we met them this year that was at the San Siro. And, you know, we can do damage against Italiano ball, but they are sitting in fourth place. We are going to be without Hakan. Um, Aslani is going to have to slot into that, which all other things considered, I'm fine with. I think, you know, we're okay. But there's another incident with a guy that we've talked about these these incidents in the past here. Barella uh, does not commit a foul. Does not commit a foul on replay. You can see it clear as day. He wins the ball. Um, but it is it is the reaction towards the referee that you know he brandishes a card and he will miss Fiorentina as well. So we are down two of our starting three in midfield for the Fiorentina game. This is going to be at Piartemio Franchi. So um, not ideal, not ideal, especially that we're going into this game where we're going to be at this point, are we going to be two games behind Juve or, or only one at that point? I have to check the. It's a good question. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure list. off the top of my head. But either way, it's it's going to be a different position for Inter to be in because now, you know, we're behind. Um, even with the game in hand, you know, we're still looking up. I guess the uh, <laughs> the cops are ch- chasing the thieves now, uh, just like Allegri had predicted. So tough for Barella to get that card. I'll ask you this. Better that Barella misses this Fiorentina match than picking up a yellow in that game and missing Juventus, no? Not even not even a question. Um now from what from what I and maybe it was for, for him, you know, reacting, but I <clears throat> I thought it was because the foul was called and it was given as a yellow for that. Maybe it is for, for his reaction towards the referee. Either way, I would much rather him get that yellow um, and miss the Fiorentina match than miss the Juve match. This is perfect, really. This is guaranteed rest for these two guys. Mm-hmm. Two guys who are important to the midfield. Uh, we can go into and maybe you know Aslani and Fratesi can can get some some much deserved uh, minutes and be able to hopefully make the best of that opportunity. And we can kind of know where we are. Well, we kind of know where we are with Fratesi. We but I think we maybe we can know a little bit more. Uh, with Aslani in that situation if he's able to play it. And um, listen, I want to be able to have 
our fully operational battle station ready to go against Juve more so than I would want it against Fiorentina. And I'm sure if you polled 100 Interisti on Twitter, 100 of them would say the same thing. Yeah. It's, 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 who knows? Maybe he was, you know, maybe he knew what could be potentially there. And he just went ahead and was like, you know what? If I'm going to get a yellow, I might as well just make it, you know, guarantee one right now and, and not have to worry about, you know, missing the UA game. I wonder because if his plan was at some point. Maybe it wasn't for that specific action, but I wonder if his plan was at some point to pick up. Very well could have been. Yeah. You know, like if you know you're going to miss that match, why not? I do find it funny, though, that because Chalanoglu picked it up in the Lazio match, he doesn't miss the final, the Supercopa, but he misses the Fiorentina match. The rules make no sense. Why they make zero sense? Why would first of all this new format was entirely entirely unnecessary? Like adding another no. yeah. game was entirely Dumb. unnecessary. Obviously, I'm happy for the eight million in our pockets, Beppe. You better you better spend that, get that check deposited. ASAP. Yo, honestly, yo, just throw it to Porto. Bring me Taremi right now. I yeah, I mean, I would do th- I would do that. I don't think they'll do that because they have the contract in place already. I think that if they do it, they'll probably do like a loan for maybe Marshall or someone. Um, but uh, anyway, keep it keeping. I mean, I see, I I don't want to pay eight million to just borrow somebody. I want to pay it to own to somebody. Own someone. Yeah, but I get what I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, I, and Alexis and Arnautovic did well when they came on, but we'll we'll get into that. Let me, before we move on for what the rest of the second half played out like, what is your confidence level in Fratesi, Aslani, Mkhitaryan against Fiorentina? I know you're not, you're obviously not a huge fan of Italiano. I think if you are a huge fan of Italiano, you don't watch nearly enough of of his team playing, but... What's your level of confidence about that midfield going into that match? Is it one where you fully expect a result or, you know, you sort of give them a little bit of breathing room if they aren't able to pick up the full three because they are away from home and it's their first match that that midfield is playing together? You know, I'm going to be honest. I fully expect a result. And I'll I'll say because look at how Fiorentina just played against Napoli. This Napoli side has not been impressive. They've not really done anything at all threatening they're without Osiman, who's at the african cup of nations um latest thinker today against yeah he's equatorial guinea uh, or something i don't know i mean i almost feel like they're losing on purpose to try to get him home <laughs> to napoli sooner but yeah fiorentina does not does not worry me they're not threatening in front of goal either so i, I feel like that's another maybe not a four nil win but I think we can get away with a 2-0, maybe 2-1. You know, who knows? So I would say confidence level with that midfield, probably about, honestly, probably about a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, I think it's also the perfect opportunity for Fratesi as well because that team, Fiorentina specifically, there's going to be plenty of space for him. Plenty of space. He should be able to run. Yep. <laughs> he should be able to do damage against that team. His play style specifically, they're going to leave space behind the midfield. So, you know, it's a matter uh, Aslani, do your job and hit him. The back line, you know, Pavard, Acerbi, make sure you're playing balls to, to Fratesi because he should be able to, to make an impact. It's him that I'm not super worried about him. 
Aslani is the one that, you know, um, it's going to be interesting to see how he deals with, with, um, a very offensive team, knowing that his, his weakest part of his game has been defensively and he's going to be asked to, you know, break up some moves. So, you know, that, that's really the part of it that I'm most worried about, but I also like you expect the result because it's the rest of the team is, uh, is going to be there. And while Barella and Hakan are, are two huge misses for that game, like you said, if they're going to be 110% fingers crossed, knock on wood for Juve, then, then that's, um, that's the most important thing. I also, this makes me think a little bit about that first Juve game, um, in Turin. It was clear that both teams kind of played for the draw. Like they didn't want that game to be the decisive one. And it was going to lead more towards this game at San Siro being the decisive one. And now that I think about how the results have played out, I almost wish we would have went for it a little bit more in Turin because we were, we had them. Like I thought we we outplayed them and our performance probably deserved three points. Um, and now we're in a position where, you know, pressure is going to be on us to get the result at home. So obviously in hindsight, you know, it's 2020, but at the end of the day, this is the situation that we're in. Alrighty. Um, so, but I like it's that card. Uh, and then just looking up at the notes here. Um, okay. And then Simeone is sent off for a second yellow. This is always going to be the, the debate about second yellows because you can always find one of those two challenges being the soft one that maybe necessarily didn't deserve a yellow when you look at the whole picture and and a player ends up getting sent off but for me there's no doubt that the second challenge is a, is a yellow right it's a stamp on Acerbi and it it's a yellow he was already on one whether you want to dispute the first card being um you know a little too harsh you can do with what you want with that but in that moment the ref had no choice but to send send off Simeone in my opinion what were your thoughts on on that challenge was the red card justified yes there's a, a stamp but like to me it didn't look like there was intent behind that and maybe I'm wrong maybe I'm I'm trying to be unbiased or whatever but I don't know if if that was called on Barella or Chalanoglu or Mikitarian and, and given as a second yellow, I would have I would have felt some kind of way. I think the refereeing decisions in general for most of this game, I, I was a little confused with. But listen, um, am I happy? Am I happy with it that it, that it played in our favor? Of course. Do I think it was the right call? You can go either way, in my opinion. I mean, I, I, I could see both sides, to be quite honest. But I always try to look at it is how would I feel if it was called against my team? And I and, and that's and that's where I kind of get a little muddied up because I wouldn't I wouldn't have liked that if that was called on one of our guys. So it feels the red card feels harsh, but the second yellow doesn't feel harsh, right? When you look at it like at, in that term, like I, I, I believe that that was a stamp. Uh, whether he meant it or not, the action occurred and it's deserving of a yellow card. It just so happened that he was on one already and and he gets the red. Um, that's just how it shakes out. I, I don't, I think if you're 
crying Marotta League here, you're you're really reaching, which has been the case all season. But it's like, okay, it it almost is annoying because we win that game eleven on eleven, ten v eleven, whatever it is. Like I, I think we win that game maybe ten on eleven if we were down a man. So um it's just annoying that there's a refereeing decision that gives fuel to the idiots that want to claim Marotta League and and continue to keep that narrative going it is whatever at this point in time it's like you know water off my back I, I don't care if that's if you guys want to keep talking about the refs and you're watching this Inter team and instead of talking about the football that they're playing you want to talk about refs whatever in, enjoy you got the Napoli fans the Juve fans the Milan fans you guys could all get in a room kiss each other love each other I don't give a shit <laughs> we're you know we're waxing teams when we get out there on the pitch and you know the only thing you can talk about is is refereeing decisions that when you play them out they're correct so keep talking don't give a shit um so Napoli goes down to uh to 10 men Inter had been dominating the game up until that point you talk about the refereeing decisions for that first 15 minutes of that second half there were a lot of tough challenges and he was trying to get the game under control by by throwing out the cards. Um, it felt like they were coming fast and furious. Um, but anyway, the game goes on. Turam has an opportunity. Di Marco corner. Uh, Acerbi gets a touch. It comes too fast for Turam to react. And even though he was wide open, he put it wide, unfortunately. Um, you have Mario Rui getting in the face of the ref and not getting a yellow card. I thought that was also interesting because if... You know, it felt like Barella's descent was on a way lower level than what we saw from Mario Rui, but not going to bitch about that. Uh, not going to bitch about that too much. Kvaretskelia puts a nice curling effort on net. And man, the spider at the back flying save. Loved seeing that from Somer. On the replay, it doesn't look like the most difficult save to make, but he's a shorter keeper, and he was at full stretch, and it looked nice. He he made it look very nice. Jan Sommer, our Swiss, our Swiss legend. What can I say about this guy? I mean, he's unbelievable. I agree with you. That save was a thing of beauty. Full extension is able to put parry it around uh, the net there. My gosh, like I don't know something about him, and maybe it's recency bias. It very well could be, but I definitely think I'm feeling more secure with Somer in the back. Not that I didn't feel secure with Onana, but I think I felt like there was always an error or a potential for an error in his game, which was always something I was worried about, even from his days at Ajax. Um, you know, when crosses were played in, he he's a little hesitant to read it. Summer, I feel like, is more vocal in the sense that, you know, he is more commanding of his area. Uh, Onana is vocal in a lot of ways, and he's obviously communicates with his teammates, and he's always encouraging. Um, but I think that that Summer has a stern, calming presence. One hundred percent. It's like Onana is more of a hype man and Somer is more of a guys get your fucking head in the game. Like we're here right now. Exactly. And, you know, he makes that massive save in that instance, which some may think like, oh, what an easy one. I don't know, man. Like, yes, he is a shorter one, like you said, too. 
that that's not that's not the easiest thing to be able to to do in in any instance. So I'm I'm very happy that he was able to to make that save. Of course, keep it nil nil. Listen, he's arguably our our signing of the season. So we can talk about him all day. We can talk about him all day, but the chances continue to come fast and furious for Inter. Mikitarian blazes one over the bar. Uh, Lautaro puts one just wide, that a, de- a chance that he definitely should have done better with. Um, Sanchez and Arnatovic come on, and they actually look probably the best they have all season. Sanchez plays a ball in for Arnatovic, who just bodies Rakamani to the floor. But by the time uh, he's able to get a shot off, Golini had rushed towards it and um, was able to get a, a good foot on it. <clears throat> 90th minute, scramble in the box. Uh, Carlos gets the last touch to it, and Golini makes another great save. At this point in time, we are rapidly approaching. There's not going to be overtime, so we're heading to penalties. What was your confidence level at this point in time if it was going to go to the penalties? Um on the pitch, uh, Politano had been taken off. Zerbin had been taken off. Kvaletskelia had been taken off. You had Raspadori, Lindstrom, Gaetano, Mario Rui on the pitch. You know, I, I don't know the penalty-taking prowess of all those people. I, I would imagine Raspadori can put one away. Lindstrom is a is a good technical player. Um, but what were, what was your feeling if this thing went straight to penalties after 90? Somer versus Golini and... Uh, you know, Arnatovic, Alexis, uh, Lautaro, Chalanoglu, probably all taking PKs there. Dude, it would have been an easy dub, dude. You think so? Easy dub. Like, forget about who's shooting for us. I'm talking about who's in net for us. Yeah. Like, I, I have all the faith in, in, in some. Look what Summer has done for Switzerland. Yeah. In Euros, in penalties. It doesn't. I mean, obviously, that doesn't mean it's a guarantee that it'll translate to to Inter all of a sudden. But I would have felt more confident that he could at least make one save for us than than I would have, you know, with Golini. So, yeah, huge, huge, um, huge advantage for us is what I mean to say. Like, had it gone to penalties, in my opinion, based on who we had on the pitch, you know, we've had we had Lautaro there. Sanchez is, is pretty good at penalties, even though I don't like him in in other aspects. Um, I, I would have felt confident, you know, Arnatovic has done it for Bologna. I would have felt confident in him taking penalties. Yep. And then you can go, you know, Mickey. however else you would have wanted to with the last Mickey, two. You know. Yep, Mickey was there. Uh uh Pavard, you know, I could I could I could see Pavard slawing away a PK. I could I could see Pavard doing it, yeah. Yeah. I could see Pavard doing it. Yeah, I would love to see Somer save a penalty at some point this year would be would be pretty hype. Um but we never get there because Bavard in the 91st minute drills a low cross into the box, uh makes its way to Lautaro who has the easiest tap in into the net his 26th goal of uh of the year for Inter. Um incredible that this guy just shows up for us every time we need him to his wife <coughs> posts a whatsapp <coughs> sorry guys um his wife posts a whatsapp from him before the game where he says i love you i'm gonna score and bring home a trophy today and uh that's exactly what he does the inter captain scores right there how big was that goal in that moment just to you know get the penalties out of the way just 
end the game right there in the last minute and another hype win for Inter. We've seen a lot of those in our, our time doing this pod. Another hype win, another fantastic finish from Lautaro. Um, great ball in from Pavard, who... Is it me or is his... We all, all season, we've seen how he's been able to play defensively, but I feel like his offensive side is starting to really pick up, um, which is what we thought was his strength coming into the club. So now to have that, I mean, it's just it's just crazy. The players that we have now, like... These are guys that I wish were on the team last year for the Champions League final. Mm. You know, whether it's Turam, whether it's, I mean, you could, you could say Somer as well. You could say, uh, I mean, Pavard, of course. You know, Fratesi would have been nice to have come off the bench instead of guys like Galliardini and D'Ambrosio. You know, it's, this is what I wanted. And I can only hope that that we can continue to do what we've done in, in, in the in the UCL and, and get back to where, you know, in the finals. Um Although you can make a case that this matchup for us in the round of 16 almost feels like a final. But anyway, um, the, yeah, Lautaro slots that home. Yeah. It, it, if you look at it from an unbiased standpoint, I think that this really is. Both teams are hot. Yeah. Both teams can 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 be, I mean, you have two master tacticians on the bench. And I feel like that they can both have perfect game plans for, each, for one another. So Two yeah. formations that but, mirror each other as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, another great point. But Lauti does uh, does it, so we don't have to worry about penalties. And my goodness, what a leader! What his confidence has to be at an all time high right now. Like I wouldn't be surprised if Agostina's pregnant when when he gets back. Actually, isn't she already? I don't remember now. Uh, anyway, yeah, this guy is just scoring on and off the pitch and. I wish there was a way you could just like already slide like a lifetime contract to someone. Yeah. If, you know, because I, like, I feel like he could be. Feels like we got to get that. Yeah. Thing done. Feel, for real. And I feel like this guy could be our, our new Zanetti. Yes, different style, obviously different positions. But I think in terms of longevity and both being Argentinian, I think, I mean, he, he embodies what you would want in a captain. In terms of his demeanor, his drive, his work ethic, his work rate, man, I'm I'm just so happy that we got him when we did, and that we've been able to hang on to him and and been able to fend off you know all, all the suitors who've who've come calling, and my gosh, I am, I'm just beyond thrilled thrilled with his performances and and he just continues to wow. The proposed eight million net is wild because. He could be earning fifteen somewhere, easy, easy. Uh, a club well, Chelsea doesn't think he's good enough, so it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> like it feels like we're already getting a discount. So whatever they need to do to to get it done, get it done. But it's interesting that you bring up Zanetti there because, so I've I find myself getting into these holes sometimes after a big Inter game. Like I'll just start watching highlights of old teams and. Um, I'll just start listening to all the songs. I was listening to Noi Siamo Linter, Cesolo Linter, Pazza Inter Amala. Um, and then I ended up watching Zanetti's retirement. And, you know, you bring him up, them being similar. When he was saying goodbye to the uh, the fans, when he was saying goodbye to Moratti, when he was saying goodbye to, he, you know, he brought up Samuel and Cambiasso and Milito and, 
even Castellazzi, he specifically singled out. Like it reminded me so much, like his demeanor, it's very similar to, to Lautaro. Obviously, you know, like you mentioned, it's a different play style, but the way that they give their all on the pitch and even the way, the way that they speak, it is very, very similar. Um, he's clearly the best captain that we've had since, since Javier and, um, I think Javier probably has a lot to do with that. You've seen sit-down interviews of the two of them together, and um, he's probably been in his ear about about what it means to be captain, and Lothar has obviously taken that to an extreme level this year and has been a real, real leader. Um, so, Inter is the Super Cup champions. Like I said, three years in a row, it's... As far as cup competitions, this is not the most prestigious. But the importance of what happened today is twofold. I think, one, it, it means a lot to a team to lift the trophy, and that is really important considering the stretch of the season that we're entering into. Fiorentina and Juve back-to-back. We've got the Atletico coming up in February. Um, you know, Juve's right in our heels. Anything that we can do to feel like, you know, the man – um, and give us the confidence is really, really important. It would have been not devastating, but it would have sucked to lose today. It would have sucked to lose to Napoli. Like all, you know, after winning the first game and you're in the final, like you might, you got to just win it. Like you got to just win it. If you're going to be playing this game that everyone thinks is pointless, like you might as well just win it. And the second thing is that the earnings from this competition are more than what you'd get from the Coppa Italia. So like <laughs> You know, win, win it, take home the 8 million. I hope that that clears the bank account tomorrow and Beppe and Auxilio pick up the phone and start calling because we need some, we need a little bit of help here. This team deserves it. Inzaghi deserves it. And, um, you know, it'd be good for them to just splash a, a little bit more cash. Someone said that, oh, this, uh, deal already paid for Tejan. Okay. Well now we had money that, you know, we had used on we didn't obviously account for this you can't account for us winning this this thing unless we do it so there is money to spend um so go out and spend it and uh really proud of the team today really proud of of this team overall what they've been doing this season and um i have a couple people that i'd really like to talk to you about the first is pavard uh maybe we don't go through everybody today but the first is uh is pavard I put on Twitter that the 30 million is a bargain for me. How do you feel about his first, you know, first season here, what he looks like? Does that 30 million, as much as it's the biggest outlay of any team that, um, you know, made a transfer this season and said, yeah, is it looking like a bargain to you or he still has some, some, some performances in order to live up to that billing? I would only say he has some performances to live up to that billing. Solely because he was out with a with a little bit of an injury, but he would he's been he was class in the beginning he was class now, so I mean by the end of the year it's I mean, yes of course it's gonna be a steal if not more of a steal but the the my only knock was just that injury which obviously out of his hands not his fault, um but that's the only reason I'm not gonna go ahead and say like yep. Yep, steal right away. Um, but it, probably in like two games, I'll be saying it's a steal. So I, I maybe I shouldn't even be holding out um, from saying that now. 
love the guy. I love. I mean, I was so excited when we got him. I thought that he was going to be the perfect player to be opposite Bastoni uh, because of his strengths. Uh, but what we're seeing from him is something I wasn't really too aware of. I mean, I don't remember him being this sound defensively as he was. Or, I mean, at Bayern as he is now. I mean, it, it just feels like we got we got the player people think Bastoni is, and I'm I'm only saying in terms of like a complete yeah defender who can play, who can you know uh, yes Bastoni has the greatest passing ability probably of any center back I would say currently playing. Sick but in terms reel. of defensively, yeah, yeah. Like if you if you if you put a YouTube compilation of all his his long his long balls, unbelievable highlight reel. But then if you put a compilation of his defensive howlers, yeah, and you'll think, why would I spend money on this guy? Mm-hmm. So it's Pavard is able to do both. I would like to actually him see, see him play some of those cross balls. You know, he's he's done it for Bayern. It's not like he, it's not like he isn't isn't capable of it. He's played he's right played wing balls back like that. Yeah, and he's also. I mean, I I remember he had a game last season where he released Kingsley Coleman on the left side, easy goal, and it probably was about a 60, 65 yard pass, right on the money. So, I mean, I would like, I don't know if he's being instructed not to do that or, you know, they just want that from the left side or something or, uh, you know, he, I don't know, whatever it is, fine. That's fine. But Pavard is just a player. The fact that we got, not only did we get him for 30 million, but nobody else was in on him. I mean, look, uh, Man U is still trying to scramble for for center backs. You 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 didn't think Benjamin Pavard would be would be good enough for your team, but they were try- Victor they were trying to get him, and it seems like Marotta and Nasilio like, got but, that contract in front of Pavard, and he was in, he was down. But what I'm saying is, like, you had they have money to splash. For sure. You know, they could have gone up to like 45, 50, and maybe you're right. Maybe the, the decision of the player was made, and and they had no chance at all. That that's entirely possible. Um, I was worried about them, though. So, I mean, I'm just surprised they didn't go, hey, 45 right now, and we'll pay you double whatever. In, you know, they, they easily could have done that if they wanted to. But hats off to him if he if he had more desire to come here than, than Man U, and regardless of money. So, yeah, I'm thrilled that we have him. I want to give a quick shout-out to someone who quote-tweeted when I said Pavard at $30 million is a bargain, by the way. Um at Arnautovic Army quoted it saying, considering what happened to Byron since, they'd probably pay us fifty million just to have him back. <laughs> Which is <laughs> so fucking true. We could easily flip uh, him for twenty in the bank. Right, right now. back. Yeah. 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 So I you know, he also contributed more offensively from the right center back position than Darmian did from right wing back today. Um, which just goes, which to is show. what we've seen when it's either him or be yep. back there. Yep. So, and I, I also, at some point in the second half was also along the lines of thinking, why not take Darmian out and put in be and push Pavard up. It, it, I know Pavard wants to play center back, wants to be a defender, but it's not like, he's incapable of playing right wing back. He can, he's, it's not, he's not a burner. He's not going to beat you, but he can do everything Darmian gives you plus a better delivery. So, you know, I could have seen them going that route. I'm not sure why they didn't, but anyway, um, Ben Gilinterista is, is the man. Uh, another question for you, Devray. If Bastoni is out, 
and uh, is not going to be able to return for Fiorentina. How do you feel about uh, De Vrij slotting into that that center center back position and keeping Acerbi out on the on the left? I'm perfectly fine with that. You know, I think the only th- well, we do have like a what the game's the 28th. Yes, we have six more days. Yeah, maybe that'll be good. You know, some some rest for for the guys. I would actually love to maybe see. And we talked about it in the preseason, maybe BSEC on the left side. Yeah, that's where he was originally you know, I, supposed I, I don't, to be. I don't think it's going to happen. I think he's going to go with Acerbi, De Rai, and, and Pavard, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't be against throwing him out there and, and seeing what, what you have. And, and, and if you have someone who can be successful there, and then he has that flexibility to be able to play on either side, which I get it, it was the Danish league, but we know he can do it. So like, why, why wouldn't you even want to maybe try it? But either way. Yeah. Yeah. And Devray, again, he got a booking. So he was, he was hauled off after 62 minutes and Carlos Augusto came in to play the left center back. So, um, it's not like Devray is going to be, you know, and he didn't play in the first game. So it's not like he's hurting for, uh, you know, needs a rest. Yeah. I think he'd easily be able to slot in there. Um, I thought the whole midfield was was pretty decent today. Uh, Chala definitely grew, grew into the game. Um, Barella could have done better with some of his stuff in the first half. Mikitarian, um, great performance outside of like skying stuff over the bar. Like sometimes he just roofs things, and I really wish he would try to just maybe drive things a little bit low. Uh, like we said, Darmian, you know nothing offensively Di Marco struggled a little bit in terms of you know he had some dangerous balls but we weren't able to get on the end of it um Turam today uh played 81 minutes missed a couple missed some sitters wasn't able to hold his run um any any concern about Turam that almost seems like a crazy question to ask but what'd you think of of Marcus today if you, I'm, I'm gonna say that you're, you know, maybe it's the antibiotics or something that's messing with you for even asking me that question, uh, because no, I have no concern with Turam. I mean, this, this is just, I think it kind of, kind of comes with the territory with playing striker. You could be, you know, you'll have instances in games where you, where you're not, not hitting the mark and you're able to be caught offside, and uh, you know, a couple times. So no, no, uh, no concerns in my opinion. Lautaro was immense today. Um, a real captain's performance. Shrugged off a lot of challenges. Um, is is so one of the best parts of his game is his ability to receive the ball and turn into space. It just feels like defenders should be able to do better with the simplicity of the moves that he's putting on them. But he always just finds a way past them. Um, it's really really awesome to watch. Any one of uh, let me ask this the most impressive substitute for you today. Augusto and Fratesi came both came on in the 63rd. Uh Sanchez and Arnatovic both came on in the 81st and Bisek in the 90th. Who was the most impressive sub for you today? This is probably going to come as a shocker because of how much I dislike him, but I would have to say Alexis. Yeah. Based on what he did, and I think maybe it's because expectations are so low that it just feels like he exceeded so much. (laughs) That's the only reason I think that I would say he was the best substitute. 
I mean, his his passing was actually brilliant. Yeah. You know, he, he probably should have had, you know, a couple assists, to be quite honest. You know, you could look at the Arnatovic opportunity where he got a little tripped up there in the box and wasn't able to, to really strike it cleanly. Um, I still think he probably could have got a better shot off, but it is tough. I, I really can't knock Arnatovic for that one. But yeah, his... Um, Normally he's very loose with the ball, and when balls are played into him, they, they it's almost like they bounce right off his feet, yeah. and then they're you know boom they're on the counter. But I feel like he was really good at absorbing passes and was able to maintain possession, and then be able to turn and, and find space and find people to pass to. So, yeah, um, I think he's he's be- officially become Alexis Supercopa. I think we keep him on ice and only bring him out for the Supercopa because <laughs> he seems to. He's the- He's the fifth striker all season, and then he's the, the third option in the Supercopa only. Yeah, yeah. It seems I, I'm okay with that. It seems to bring out the best of him. Um, you know, as far as the other subs, Carlos Augusto actually saw a lot of the ball. Um, they were using him down that left-hand side. His end product needs it needs a ton of work. End product needs a ton of work. Yeah, can we like send him to a Roberto Carlos like boot camp or something? You know, in the summer yeah. for a Brazilian, he doesn't get, get, get much. Get to working he with doesn't him. get much whip or bend on that ball. It's it's just driven. no. It's it's kind of it's kind of rough to watch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But hey, you know what? Everyone thinks he's a a big upgrade on Robin Gosens. So, oh, oh man, I don't know if we want to start that conversation right now. <laughs> we're we're fifty three minutes in, so. We will t- right. we will table that for the future, but um, Arnautovic was actually bodying folks today. Multiple slide tackles there in like the 93rd minute that he won both of them, which was hilarious to see because you know that he has to hate getting to the getting to the ground, getting back up. It's just he's not built like that. He's not built like that. So mm-hmm. it was good to see him see him do that. And then what a beast Bisek in in six minutes of uh, of time on the pitch. It felt like he was everywhere, at least on the defensive end with the interventions. So obviously, obviously you know, and even you know, the listeners know, I'm a big card collector. Well, I just got my hands on a Bisek rookie yes. card, and I'm so pumped. Like I I, I saw it this this. This person I follow was selling it, and I'm like, yo, how much? And I could not believe the price they told me. I jumped all over it. I got that. I got my first Marcus Taram in an intercate. Ooh. But now now with BSEC, man, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. And, yeah, like you just see these performances. You get excited for the future. Not that I like to think too far ahead, but, you know, we have him. We've got Tejan. I, I think Carboni might have a role to play next season. And these young guys, you know, when you think about it, you're like, wow, these guys are so young. We can have them for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, whatever, you know. I think B-Set could be one of those guys who could be just an absolute defensive stalwart as well as, as provide, you know, offensive play. And what we saw in those six minutes, I mean, the potential is there to see that over 90 or 96 minutes. You know that's just how how good he's been, and and he's he's played so well that I think that, that that's why Inter didn't care that Jallo was going to to Juve because it's like we we don't need to spend money. We have this guy who listen. You could say I'm biased or whatever or whatnot, but I truly think over time we're gonna see that he is the better option compared to Jallo. I think that's because we don't know what he's gonna come back like with his need either. You know that that's that's something you have to really consider and. 
you know, and for someone who didn't want to, you know, Inter were, were actually still considering to buy him and then loan him to Genoa, but he didn't want to be loaned out. If that's true, well, then you didn't want to be here to begin with. Yeah. that That's the way I look at that. And also, is Allegri going to so, be slotting? Like, he's, you know, as much as Juventus wants to tell us, despite the fact that their, their manager is the highest paid in the league, despite the fact that their squad is the most expensive in the league, despite the fact that they have one competition to worry about, and don't give me Coppa Italia because it's a couple games um, for the rest of the year. Despite all those things, they want to talk about, the, oh, the gap to fifth place. Like, wh- all right. <laughs> whatever if that's if that's your open yeah. ambition that you're telling everybody sure you're trying to balance the books whatever but anyway um i don't know that allegri is going to be trusting Jallo even over like a rugani or a gatti but um anyway uh, that's uh that's another conversation bisek uh just the composure it's it's immense and the talent is immense um and yeah, if I'm you, I'm holding on to that card for a little bit, for sure. Let it gain a little bit of value because um, kid's got superstar written all over him. And also a nice moment after the match where he wore the Arhus scarf um, when he was holding the Supercopa, just you know, giving props to his roots. Um, you'd love to see those those kinds of things. Um, all right, so. Just to touch on some stats in this match, 65% possession for Inter, 22 total shots, four big chances, three of them missed, which this game could have been put to bed a lot earlier. Um, 89% uh, accurate passing, and that's all I care to really share. Um, so, you know, this is a game that we obviously deserve to win. We go ahead and, and take home the win, and and now we look, now we look forward to the Campeonato, and I do want to take a second and actually just look at this fixture list here so Fiorentina coming up on Sunday that's the the late the late game the 245 game and then Juventus the following Sunday so we have a full full week to prepare um, which is the same thing that Juve is going to have as well but by the time let me see Juventus's fixture list I'm trying to see how many games in hand they're going to have so Juve will be playing on Saturday. Um, so they will be, by the time Inter steps on the pitch for Fiorentina, they will be two games ahead and they're playing Empoli. So likely they will be plus four. Four points. Yeah. That worry you at all from a mentality em- standpoint? No, because they have the games in hand. Or we have the games in hand. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no reason to panic. It's not like you don't have opportunities to 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 win the games. You know, if it was maybe you know four games left, yeah, then maybe I'd be a little bit worried. But there's plenty of time. There's plenty of football. They're at the easiest part of their season right now. Juve. Yeah. You know, so it's like their fixture list is fine. Wild. Well, yeah, it, it, it's pretty pathetic, and I don't know if that's on purpose, but. We don't have to get into it today, but at some point, maybe we should look at their the, the rest of their season because I'm curious how their season ends, like what their last five games. I do want to talk. I do so, want to talk about their fixture list a second because they there's a lot of conversation from Juventini on Twitter of like, you know, Allegri Ball 2.0. Look at uh, look at our the amount of goals we've scored in in 2024. Okay, in 2024, you've played Salernitana twice. Salernitana sits bottom of the league. Okay. You've played Salernitana twice, Frosinone, Sassuolo, Lecce. You've got Empoli on Saturday. Then you've got the big game against Inter. But after Inter, 
after Inter, Udinese, Verona, Frosinone, Frosinone again. And then, you know, by the time the next big game... Verona, Verona who sold everybody. Verona who's not, who's a, a Serie B team at this point. The next yep. uh, difficult game for Juve outside of the one against Inter is in March against Napoli. <laughs> That's the next game. You've got you've uh, sandwiched around <laughs> Inter. You've had Salernitana, Frosinone, Sassuolo, Lecce, Empoli, Udinese, Verona, and Frosinone again. Fuck out of here with that. Marota League, baby. How are you talking about a fixture list? Unbelievable. Yeah, that's wild. That is wild. Unbelievable. And then Inter, you know, obviously Fiorentina is the fourth place team. And then look at the, the fixture list that we have coming out of it. It's we play Juventus after, then Roma, then we have Salernitana at home, which is a must win. But it's a Friday game, and then we have Tuesday against Atletico at home. Then after Atletico, Lecce, and then after Lecce, Atalanta. And Lecce is away. So it's it, there's no which which was a tough which was a tough game for us in the past. So that stadium is boiling. That stadium is boiling. They obviously didn't do their part against Juve, but um. So, yeah, it's it's a this is a tough stretch. This is a tough stretch. It's six games of Fiorentina in their next one, two, three, four, five, six. In our next seven games, we play Fiorentina, Juventus, Roma, Atletico, and Atalanta. That's tough. That's tough. So, yeah, nothing is decided, right? It, Wait, read, oh, read that back to me again. In our next, our next seven games go as follows: Fiorentina, Juventus, Roma, Salernitana, Atletico, Lecce, Atalanta. Okay, so let's take the Atletico game. So six games in the league. If we can get. Six games in the league, three of them being away to Fiorentina, Roma, and Lecce. Home games against Juve, Salernitana, and Atalanta. If we can get if we can get fourteen points out of those next six league games, I think we're sitting pretty. Obviously, you want to get maximum. You want to get eighteen. But if you can get at least four wins, and, and at worst, I'm saying at worst, yeah. two draws. And the only thing that concerns me is it the conversation the narrative around Inter versus Juventus has been so insufferable because the media is so pro Juve right now but the thing that concerns the me, media Twitter yeah. I mean just seeing everything that every Juventus like and then they get mad you know they're like oh man look how butthurt Inter is because of what Allegri said like, nobody's butthurt but it's like you believe a report it's like, you believe a report that says Inter was upset about it who who the fuck from Inter do you think gave a quote or anyone to anybody that said, "Oh, we're upset by what Allegri said"? That never never happened. Never happened. Yeah, never happened. And it's just it's just so funny. Like we're not even playing them, and we're on their minds twenty four seven. And it's not just the fans. I'm, it, Allegri, Allegri. Like Allegri's asked about what he thinks about his team in the league, and then he's the one who brings up Inter. Well, his thing is the mind like, games. I mean, and and he is he is doing I, I, listen, and I get it. And for- I don't get why Nima, I don't get why Nima loves that. 
Like, I don't know if you listened to I the, did, the most do, recent. Yeah. Like, it's, 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 I, I don't understand has the thing, why he likes. Nima has a thing for teams outside of Inter that are doing well, where he really gasses up. He's, he really gasses them up. And I don't know if yeah. it's a mentality thing of, like, you're not getting hurt in case it goes the other way or if you're trying the reverse jinx. But <laughs> Nima Napolista, Nima Juventina, Nima Milanista, they will all make appearances. His yeah, alter he's... egos will all make appearances at some point during a season. Maybe that's what, maybe that, you know, he's got a, a what is it? Multiple personality I syndrome. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what he's, he's, yeah. I wouldn't say he's suffering from it because it seems to be working out for him, but goodness, like, <sighs> as you can see, the conversation on Twitter gets me very heated. I, I don't, I try not to get involved because I don't want to talk until it's time to talk um, at the end of the season, because the, the fact of the matter is like, we just looked at this fixture list for the next seven games for both Inter and Juventus. The fact of the matter is, is that ultimately it's 38 games. So it's going to be decided over the course of that 38 games. Um, this is an anopoly situation where you're, you're winning a title in March. So, you know, the the absolute hope is that, and the other thing about this too that really pisses me off is that the fixture list is not going to align for quite a while, right? Like we're going to have a game in hand for a little bit of time. So Juve could pick up these results against these shit teams and it, it feels like Inter is behind when it's not necessarily the case. And you know that clown Zazzaroni is just going to, continue to stoke the fire over at Corriere, but oh anyway it's too late for my blood pressure to <laughs> jump in like this you and me both man fuck all right guys um like we said fiorentina coming up uh without chala without barella playing the fourth place team they have to fend off atalanta and lazio right behind them um no one's within real. They're not real, within striking distance of Milan. The top three is is pretty pretty set here. So, uh, it's a big game for them at home at the Artemio Franchi, and uh, it's a big game for us because uh, we're in a title race and things are tight. But nevertheless, we end tonight as the Supercoppa champions. We have our first trophy of the season. Let's make it three trophies this year. Go for everything, and um, man, good to be back in the booth. With you, Johnny. Good to be back. Great to be back, man. Uh, I miss this. I really do. I could talk. I could talk into it with you all day, every day. Um, you know what? We should give. We should give yeah. a, a little thing to the fans here. We should pitch a uh, a permanent third position, a permanent sub that's going to be on call for us and see see who wants it. We we have we have one, but he just he, he decided to go to Florida Panther. Do games. we have one now? Now it's quite the question is in the air. Wow, the question is in the air. Oh, I'm going to throw out questions. Uh oh, I'm just not sure. I might I might have a I might have something to put on 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 Twitter for uh for old Nikki Nikki gags Nikki gags. <laughs> Nikki gags. That sounds like a guy that would be a Florida Panthers fan. Uh. <laughs> All right. In the words of the great Roberto Scarpini, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi. <laughs>
Yeah!